Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Was bandy around all right. Our mission, our mission, our mission wants to show. Our mission wants to show. Our mission wants to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hello, everybody. Welcome, podcasters out there, and uh, welcome to the Irish Examiner 2019 uh, Hurling Championship podcast. Where to start this weekend? Anywhere but Cusick Park would be my idea. I'm going to start in Madrid. Was it a handball, Derek? We're joined by Derek McGrath, John Cunningham as always. Derek is back with us this week. Yeah, no handball, particularly biased opinion there. My son is, a, is an avid Tottenham supporter, so I have to take his side there. Yeah, look, letter to law. We'll probably be quoting letter to law over the summer in every facet of GA commentary. Letter to law, you probably award it, but I'll go with the, the common sense rule that Brian Gavin was, was, was very good at applying. I'm on the opposite of the host there, Dale Ivy, young lad. Two boys at home who were roaring and shouting for Liverpool. So, like, the, certainly after t- 25 seconds, there was roaring and roaring and uh, definitely handball. So, uh, yeah, you've been, you, you been a Leeds United manager, <laughs> like we, we were going to loaf you here now. I don't have much to shout about at the moment. Like, we, we were we were praying all season and then just get at the final hurdle fell away. So I had to kind of be a supporter of Liverpool for them on Saturday night. Okay, we're joined also by on sound by Mr. Larry Ryan, uh, Tipperary, top of the tree. What about <laughs> Arsenal, Larry? <laughs> Well, Dale, you know, I'd have a lot of compassion for you on Saturday night. Like, <laughs> you had, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I, I, I didn't think it was a handball, no. No, scandalous decision. Really, oh. really felt very, very sorry for you after that one, Dale. Yeah, you did, yeah, you're in bits, <laughs> yeah. I, I was with my fellow uh, six Spurs supporters uh, in my local in Clarecastle, stayed in the mother's house, I have to say, a Saturday night, but uh, I didn't realise, I thought it was about 15, 20 Liverpool supporters uh, in the pub, and next thing, the penalties awarded, and about 60 people jump up and down. <laughs> They're a fair classic crowd, aren't they? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was better be beaten in the senior final, Larry, than the junior B final on Wednesday night. So I, <laughs> I suppose um, the way I was thinking about this, uh, you know, where to start, where to go, I thought the big, the big narrative for me in some ways this year has been away teams, isn't it? Like, it's incredible. Like, we, we all spoke about Watch Park and it'd be the ball changer. Cusick Park, Fortress, mm. Cusick Park, me and me big mouth again Saturday. But, uh, like, the amount of teams that are coming into other teams, locals, and just 
Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a total change from last year where the opposite happened and I think you know it's just trying to, trying to predict matches now at this stage like with, uh, where you know it's, it's getting very difficult the way things are gone so it was like to, I suppose but you'd have to look back at the weekend Dale and say the two home teams in relation to you know two very disappointing performances uh, you know a combined defeat of 33 points between the two teams like which is you know trying to predict that it's un, you know that's nearly unheard of so it was uh, you know I think everyone was looking, was looking forward to two cracking games like I suppose but you know, I think after the first 20 minutes, especially Walsh Park was turned out really disappointing, you know, and uh, um, and I suppose we turned over then into, into Cusick Park, looking forward to to what we'd hoped to be a really, really good game. And again, maybe after 25 minutes, we were looking to say, like, this is only going one way. Yeah, look, I think you, you've mentioned it there in that the general perception ahead of particularly our own home games was there was so much emotion went into the whole debacle conjecture around whether Welsh Park would be available last year. The fact it was available, it was signposted from a long way out. And, you know, it led to us all kind of saying we felt that this would be a game changer, the the whole, you know, build-up to it, the emotive build-up. And, you know, you'd hope that the team would respond to the local crowd, the, the whole, if you like, fortress element of Welsh Park. And, look, the last 20 minutes of the clear game, I think we went at it, if you like. And it was a feeling we'd say this week, even, you know, maybe naively or with a sense of gullibility, I, I, I predicted, I said to myself, Jesus, whatever they have in them, they'll bring it to Welsh Park uh, last Sunday. Ironically, looking at even last night, I looked at the first 14 minutes. Waterford actually played, were playing well. It looked even the general commentary on RTE was that Waterford had brought their A game. When Aaron Galan got the goal, we just seemed seemed to collapse and we were showing a confidence, um, just completely out of ideas, if you like. And, and it just permeated its way through the whole group and it was just a sense of wanting to get off the field as, pass, as, as fast as possible. Yeah, like, and it's one of the things that. I would have said was that both the goals Clare were playing reasonably well as well uh, and Noel McGrath's goal sort of changed the whole thing I would have felt and the same with Galen's goal like um, it seemed to drain the confidence from the home side is that something that's in our DNA or yeah hard to know I think look look, you, you go back to, to your own successful year it's probably more difficult for us if I'm completely honest in terms of making a an analogy or a comparison in terms of 59 is the last time we've you know got silver the, the proper silverware if you like or reached the holy grail so is it in the psyche of the players is it in the psyche of the crowd you know even just a little a minor point if you like there was 10,000 in Welsh Park on, on Sunday for an 11,500 capacity if you like you know and the irony of it is and we've talked about the Champions League earlier on Liverpool nearly affected the Watford crowd on, on Sunday we, we, you know in terms of the not just the vocal nature of, of the Limerick, Limerick support and I know it's easy to elude the fact that Limerick are all in champions that are going to strength, strengthen numbers. But there seems to be a kind of a, not a disconnect, but certainly a, just a disparity of thinking in terms of, you know, arriving at the game. There was just just a lack of feeling to the whole occasion, if you like. And, and it was there, it was evident against Clare as well. So it's not just the result of the boys not going as well as we think they all should be going. But it's, I don't know, it's a general malaise. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't say that about Ennis. Um, I had to drop into a local... Uh, local uh, hostillery to, to have a good look at the Waterford Limerick game obviously covering it um, before I went over to Cusick Park and like the atmosphere was dripping out of the place yeah. but uh, it, it just didn't turn out our, t- our tip this good Gerard? Well certainly Dale after three matches you're, you're certainly looking at you know they've been hugely impressive like you know and I what I was looking forward to I suppose was hoping that um, in, in certainly in that match is that 
maybe the tip that there'll be there'll be there'll be questions asked. I think in the, in the first two games, there there was no real questions asked about them. Like they were ahead early on and pulled away, and they were left player hurling. And I said I was hoping that Clare would play with the wind, pull it up to them, maybe get ahead of them and see it would be to be to be good to see then how how tip would respond. But um, again, like I think you'd have to look at the you know in, in Tipperary's performance. I was kind of looking at their game and saying like we we, we praise their their forward line all along and with their scoring, the flexibility and the movement of their forward line that they can play anywhere. But their backline has been seriously seriously impressive, especially the half backline. They made a great call. They put Brendan Maher and Tony Kelly followed them everywhere. Uh, you had uh, and then you so that meant the Maher swap position. I think I was looking at it. There was like the six backs that played against Cork played in six different positions against Clare. That's huge flexibility to, to be able to move around like that to play, you know, to play in any position. They're all very comfortable on the ball. And, I, was, and I was going. To, I was going. To say, you, you, you've got in ahead of me there because I was going to say how flexible their forwards are, but like their backs as well. Yeah. Like every yeah, one of them uh, seem comfortable wing or centre. Yeah, or what, what if you look at the, the transition of Heffern and Barry Heffern coming into the team, you know, seamless transition right into the team for for James Barry. You also look at I think. The ability of Horig Mar, I know Colin Galvin operating as a seven, perhaps on the other side, freed him up. But his ability, even from wing back, to be able to read it across the line in front of that D, you know, I think with with, with Brendan Mar going as toe to toe as he was with Tony Kelly, and Tony going a hundred yards from the goal, and Brendan up in his face, another team, our own team included over the years, to be worried about Jesus five on five situation on the other side. But I think they have that kind of nearly perfected with Breen coming back and with Horig Mar. I think who has a huge role in that is actually Dan McCormick, the workers of their forward line. As opposed to just their, you know, we, we always talk about Bubbles, we talk about John McGrath, we talk about Jamie Cannon. But I think they have a nice mix there with, with Bonner and Dan McCormick. And even the Waterford, I mean, you watched the Waterford tip game back during the week. And Dan McCormick like, spent a lot of the time tracking Austin, which in turn left Pauling Maher to kind of hold the line on that day, if you like. And I think sometimes when we over-concentrate on what Clare have done or what Waterford did against Tip, that kind of cuteness of the Tipperary management players to kind of almost... Guys, the fact that these fellas know exactly what they're doing defensively as well. I think you know that's that for me that was very very obvious Sunday in particular. Yeah, and like that's something we wouldn't have associated with teams uh, over the years. We'll say, or you know, I often think like Clare or Clarecastle never played Sparrow wing forward. You probably never played John Fitzgibbon mm. wing mm-hmm. forward. Mm. You wouldn't play Tony Sullivan corner forward. Mm. But now, like just with this. Tip forwards in particular, and we, we spoke about their backline, but like everyone can play wing corner, full yeah. centre. It's and it's I thought clear to be honest now, I'm and I'm gonna say this straight out. I thought David McInerney in the first six, sixteen, seventeen minutes was doing a tremendous job on John McGrath yeah. and then they moved John McGrath yeah, to wing yeah, forward yeah. and we don't let David McInerney go with John McGrath, who at, at that stage I would have felt had his number. Davy Mack is that kind of player, like he's really quick and, and that. And yet we let him off and we we, we, we you're structured so yeah. much that and that's why maybe my piece yesterday came across a bit the over tactical, like just go, mark him and, and stop that guy from playing. I think you nearly need to be that way flexible at the moment. Yeah, it's probably unusual. <clears throat> I'm surprised to see Dave McNerney move to corner back. I think, you know, I, I'm not sure what the thinking was behind that because I think he's to me he's one of the you know, he's one of the, the he's one of the leaders of that team and Playing down the middle, he had a very good game against against Waterford. You were saying uh, a couple of weeks ago <coughs> in Walsh Park, and uh, I thought it was a strange move putting him in cornerback and then you know moving him up. You know, if you were to say just move him out wing back, 
uh, not so sure. I think he, to me, he's a three or a six. He's he's he's. Well, would you not? <coughs> would you not? On the counter that though, would you not say that John McRae went to town then when he went to wing forward? Like he got six points. Well, he there. did. He did, and I suppose, and, and, and it's probably easy to make that to actually say that afterwards, and maybe he should have followed him. Um, but I, I think the, I think the mistake was probably made early like before the match in, in getting in putting him in cornerback. That would be a, just a personal opinion from my point of view. But I think the two wing forwards that Tip have, they play as, you know they play very deep wing forwards. It's the four. It's the centre forward and the three guys inside are the guys that rotate. So I think you have to be kind of you nearly want to, you know you have to have plan B and plan C ready for these guys because they do move around. You know, but I suppose last Sunday Bubbles was quiet by his by his standard, but John McGrath stood up. Yeah, for me, I think there has to be always even we're talking about flexibility or fluidity in the backline, but the conversation has to be allowed to take place between Donald and Jerry. Listen. Davy Mack is on top of John, John McGrath, you know, so, you know, he's been on top for the first 15 minutes, and let's not risk a, a marquee player opening up on the wing, and the fact Jack Brown was centre-back, and they had the, you know, they could easily just transition back, Pat O'Connor played on Jamie Hanlon, for instance, last year here in the park, uh, he played him as, as a full-back on Jamie Hanlon, so, for me, the matchups were already in place, maybe leave them in place, as it had developed in front of them. Would you, would you have gone that way, no, Derek, like, I, I would, like, look, it's easy talk now, mm. On the Tuesday, and I appreciate being on the line. We all do. It's easy. I remember one day, uh, Claire were beating us in Ennis. I was with the dubs, and we'd four subs brought on, and uh, Claire had five subs used at this stage. And some Dublin guy behind us was shouting down, Will you move? Will you bring on a sub? Will you? And Richie Stakem says to me, uh, he says, Dale, will we bring on another sub? And I says, take one look behind you there, Dick, and tell me who's going to improve things. I'm not saying no, like, yeah, yeah. no disrespect to the lads who train, because we were down the boys who had done the cruciates that year, Keeney yeah. and, and Heine and Tom Brady, and, and uh, God, like, for me, the 15 that were on the field were still yeah. going to be doing more. It's, it's, it's easy, isn't it? Yes, yeah, you know, Well, I think it, it is, but foresight is important too. And if you... If you have a full back line capable of going back that that it would include Shane Amory, Patrick O'Connor and Jack Brown, you have the option for a fluidity. You mentioned the point there yourself off off air, if you like if, if it was Brian Lowen back in the day when you had this stalwart that was full back in your on your team, you're not gonna move a guy like that from full back to wing back. But I think the the nature of the game is such that the boys are easily transferable from one position to the other. But look it's a combination of foresight. It's very easy here to be saying it, you know, but if if you have John McGrath you're you're on top of him like and even if, the one thing I would say is if you let the if you let the noose go on John McGrath he gets two points, well then even then you might say, Hey, let's change it up here. You know, I think that that's important, that flexibility of approach from, from management. And like one of the things that has struck me about tip this year, Larry, uh, will be wanted to know who who made the final call. We'll have to give Liam the credit obviously, but like Noel McGrath in midfield has been just a revelation for me. Like it just his his contribution has been massive. Like Mikey Breen, outstanding the previous week. Maybe not so much in it this week, but Noel is the constant. Yeah, like the first touch, the playmaker kind of kind of yeah. role there. Yeah, um, and and like I know from a lot of a lot of Tip fans would have been very worried about Breen and McGrath as as a midfield too. Like could they? Had the legs, I suppose, to 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 handle it in Munster, like. Um, but uh, like it's been working, they've been working very well. Like the the thing, well, the thing I noticed about uh, Noel Murray, going back to what um, what Derek wrote there in last week's column, like the extra pass before John McGrath's or before his goal that he threw over to his brother and uh, it came back to him, and like compare that to when Tony Kelly, like the game was still alive, like five ten minutes into the second, five minutes in the second half, 
when Tony Kelly ran through and had a man easily outside him to throw it over to him and uh, took the point to bring it back to whatever five points. But like a goal there, wouldn't it have kind of uh, yeah? Wouldn't it have worried Tip? Yeah, that's the, the thing about Noel. Like is just just to you know when you're on the sideline over a team, and I suppose that when he as we've moved on in life, we appreciate this more. You love to see the ball coming to certain fellas. <laughs> Watch <laughs> Like you just get you just get the sense that Noel is coming on that ball. Ah. A bit of calmness. You yeah. know, he's, he's, his hurling is fantastic. I think that was even moved last year, Dale. I think he might have been playing centre field last year, if I'm not mistaken, that he might have been back. It wasn't just this year that, that Liam or whoever made the move. I think he played a bit of played a bit of time there last year. It was probably the deep but eleven. Deep eleven, off. but he's like he's 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 just a phenomenal hurler with, with superb vision. You know, and, and as as Larry said, like that 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 half a chance that in the game last week that Tony Kelly got that he broke onto the ball, you know, he, again, I suppose and at times we we have him in Cork as well, but it's the easy options to put it over the bar. You know, whereas in tip, they, they have the confidence of wherever it's coming from, take the pass and have the goal. Because I think that Claire needed the crowd to get behind him. You know, I don't know. And again, it's easy to say the ball went up the field a minute or two later, goal, and the game was over. But I thought when you get a half a chance, you know, you must, you must try to make it count. Yeah, and I, I, I'd have felt, you know, I went in late, so I was behind the goal on the town end, and uh, I thought the atmosphere was fantastic early on. I said, we're in for an absolute thriller here. This is going to make the Hurland Championship take off, this one. And yet, inevitably, I suppose we had Pat Spillane saying the football is now better than the Hurland Sunday night. <laughs> I just, they're waiting to say it, I know, but <laughs> my quirk isn't here to defend himself now, so I don't want to be too hard on him, but... You know, it just it just hasn't seemed to taken off so far, like. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of that has been down to actually how good Tipperary have been. But I, I have to be on, I have to be honest. I, I'm on the record. I, say, I don't see any surprise in it. You know, and I know we're hailing Liam Sheedy's, you know, leadership skills, which are very obvious in his motivation ability. But and even the Noel McGrath decision to go to midfield, like if you have a forward line that has, you know, Jason Ford, Jamie Callan, uh, Bubbles Dwyer, John McGrath, uh, Bonner Mar, I'm missing someone. Obviously, Jamie Callan. Uh, Jason Ford the, the obvious thing was to break up that you can't play them all together as a mix so you know someone had to go to midfield someone I was even muting earlier in the year that Breen might go to wing back you know in my own head I was kind of saying what would you do if you have all those good players in that one area how could you mix it up so I don't see it as a surprise uh, the championship the argument about disappointment that's probably in comparison to last year's championship you know everything is going to be you know and the same at the home venue and away venue everything is in, in retrospect you know and, and in relation to last year but Tipperary have really really good players you know really good players and, and the reality is we could simplify the podcast by saying that Limerick beat Waterford on, on Sunday because they were a better team on the day Tipperary beat Clare because they were you know their better players stood up and played better on the day as well and I know that's a bit simple but but I'd say the score lines, Derek, certainly from the point of view, like we, there's no one saw, you know, yeah. the 13 points defeat for, for Clare um, and, you know, 20 points in Waterford. I think that, OK, you might expect them to, to win or lose matches, but I think just the way the way it has played out, that the games have been kind of one-sided, have been, you know, that the games have been over halfway through the second half, yeah, which has been hard, disappointed. Hard, hard like that, yeah. Last year, there were some classic matches, there mm-hmm. was draws, you know, in your mm-hmm. own situation, you got unbelievably hard luck and then you still came back out and uh, and, 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 and never gave up. So I think it's just a... It's just a it's just been. I suppose there's people are probably comparing to last year. The expectation was so high, but it's still maybe it's, it's still not. We have they have a chance to redeem themselves next weekend. We still have that game in Limerick has all the ingredients for you know make a break. Absolutely, and in fairness to you, Derek, you flagged up tip from the get go like how mm. how good they were if if you could get them going. 
properly and, and yeah and I think the manipulative way and I mean this with the greatest sense any manager that, that Liam went about it as well in terms of almost the start of the year Shane Cannon was brought out into the media section you know, we're not in the top six we'll have a lot of work to do to get up to the top six even Liam after in the interview on Sunday look we're a lot, a lot of, we're in the Munster we're in the All-Ireland series now which is a lot further than we were for last year the reality is he's only his eyes on one prize you know that's, just, that's the reality. It's a guy called Liam. <laughs> guy called Liam, like himself. <laughs> Liam has an eye on Liam. Yeah. But would you say, I just wanted to, something that was in my head there last night, that, that um, would you say teams or let's say managements and squads have looked at last year and have tried to figure something different, like they learn by it. Like let's say you'd Watford and tip out of it last year early and like well, especially Tip, I suppose, they would be saying, you know, this isn't good enough, like, or whatever. Like, would you say teams have learned a bit and that's why we're not maybe getting the open, expensive... Like, 17 points wouldn't be a Kerry Berry, let's be honest. Like, it wouldn't, like, it wouldn't win a, wouldn't win a minor match for you. Clear got 17 points to begin. Like, it would, just wouldn't win for you, like. No, I, I just, I suppose, whether, whether teams are, are being overanalyzed or whether they're putting too much emphasis on, on, on tactics and, and matchups and setups, you know, I just think sometimes, you, you know, there's, it's, there's about pride and about being hurt and just going out and playing and expressing yourself as well, you know, and I think sometimes Clare can get caught up in, in the overemphasis of, of tactics and who's marking who and sometimes, you know, um, I think in the first half, if they were ever to do a sweeper in the first half or, or in the game, it was last Sunday against what looked like the howling wind watching from television. And I just thought if they, if they could keep it within four or five points, they, went down, they, went, they only went in six. But I think in, in the first half, like the, the worry was Tony Kelly was not in the game. Brendan Marr was just all over him and just, you know, Tony Kelly even went back towards his own you know, half back then at one stage that was highlighted on Sunday night. Again, I suppose if you're trying to get Tony Kelly into the game, you know, the one position that Brendan Marr probably doesn't play is inside in the full back line. So maybe, you know, would you look at Tony Kelly inside full forward for to try to break it up in the situation? So I think sometimes you can just over overanalyze all the matchups and everything. Sometimes you must just go out and play. Um, and I think just, you know, the worry is now the tipper just expressing themselves like they're being, they're hurling, they're, they're all across the field, like they're, they're, you know, and you have to give credit. Their, their, their hurling looks, their touch is very good. Like they're playing with a lot of, a lot of confidence, and uh, you know they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Yeah, and like I say, uh, walked up Abbey Street, and of course, inevitably met one of my old comrades, and uh, wound up going in for a, a, a light ale, <laughs> uh, as you do at walk, with a walk-up stadium. Like, but like we're saying, like, and look, there, I'm going to be straight up. Like you played Tyg mostly as a seven defender. Let's say. Mm. Like we put back Cullum Galvin after the third goal, like yeah. twelve points down, wind in our back. Oh, the man I was with, one name him was was I maybe could sense maybe they might have been thinking of score differences or stuff like that. In actual fact, Galvin picked out Kelly for two points afterwards, but like it looked to me like the horse had bolted at that stage. Like what's the point? Like you do it maybe twenty minutes into the game, not with twenty minutes to go. Yeah, look, that's, for me, that's the great anomaly. And I, I saw your column even on, on Monday, and, and you're right in, in terms of the, the system talk. And it's probably something that was probably, you know, pointed in my direction wrongly in many cases, to be honest with you, in an in, in inaccurate fashion, if you like, even not, you know, taking you to task. But we, we would have played Tyke, for instance, just to explain the Tyke situation. And it might be more alluding to the Warford conversation rather than the Clare conversation. But 215, 216, we, we say we were in consecutive league finals. We would have done, and what I, what I feel is you'd play Tighe in a similar situation that, you play, that, that Limerick played Declan Hannon, um, Galway played Grodmack and Ernie, uh, Kilkenny have played Killian Buckley over the years. 
he goes 45 yards, doesn't follow his man. But if that's not happening, if he's not following his man, we would supplement it by having either a corner forward or even two corner forwards out in the middle of the field. Invariably, the commentary around it was Waterford playing with a sweeper, which we weren't. In actual fact, the 2017 All-Ireland qualifier against Offaly was the first time we actually played an out-and-out seventh defender. Clarity was, was, was given because when you were going to be playing Kilkenny then, Conor Gleeson would pick up Richie Hogan. He normally goes 100 yards. Philip Manny would pick up TJ Reid. And we had the defensive structure that allowed us to go. That year what happened then is Kevin and Jamie Barron get 520 from play from the middle of the field because they actually act nearly as a sixth and seventh um, forward. Similar situation to what Jarrah actually played with UCC this year, where the boys were able to go. Shane Kingston was inside, you had absolute pace inside. You had Shane Conway even coming deep from similar situations. So to answer your question in a long roundabout way, you're right in terms of 20 minutes in, in terms of the score difference. But you have to be acutely aware of, as a manager, in my opinion, of the possible deficiencies that you may have to guise around the field when you when you when you go all out as well, when you're going in an all out sense, you know, and you have to get that balance right. And it's so hard to get it right. In my opinion, it's that bit easier when you have a sex to the forwards like Cork and Tipperary have at their disposal. I know you'll make the argument to Shane O'Donnell and John Conlon, Peter Duggan are as good a forwards are are in the country. How do you get that balance right? Very, very difficult. But it's it's I think it's too easy a narrative also to go with the populist view that hey, they got it right because A, B, or they got it wrong because A, B, or C. Only two weeks ago when Clare came to Walsh Park, having done everything right, bar the last 15 minutes, we were nearly kind of praising what had happened in terms of their approach. So I just think there's a bit of balance needed all the time. Absolutely. And I think the key word that you said there is clarity. And I would have found that, like, with the dubs, we would have had a plan A and a plan B. And I thought, and plan B basically was, to be honest with you, and it's easy to say it now, was David Tracy coming to wing forward, Danny Sutcliffe coming out and letting Johnny McCaffrey sit beside Liam Rush to make four across the yeah. half-back line. That's all it was. And we were in Portugal the following year, 14, on a training camp. And I said, are we clear enough on plan B? And I'd say the most intelligent men in the room now, will also remain nameless now, because I don't want to be, you know, give it away a state seat, because it's all together, said, Dale, I'm not sure, he says. Yeah. And like... <laughs> Honestly, I'd say the guy has about three degrees and uh, he's still playing. <laughs> you know him well as well, Charlie. You have your idea. Back and a forward in the midfielder roster. And he says, Dale, could we walk through it on the five-a-side soccer pitch? Plan B, because I'm not sure everyone in the room is getting this. And honest to God, we had to, literally, A, A was just normal. Like, 15 on 15. B, What happens? Trey moved out to wing, Danny came out to midfield and, and Johnny dropped. One pull back all the way. Yeah, like, and I, I just said, like, look, what rocket science is about this? But like clarity, I, I'm not so sure that teams... Confusion is, the, is, is your greatest enemy, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's the way you just imparted. I remember we were playing Offaly in that first round qualifier and Offaly had played with two sweepers in the match before. So we had a choice. And I just remember sitting in for 48 hours and then it was all complexity in my head and then you just have to make it simple by Friday night. You know that this is what's going to happen. A, B, or C is going to happen, and if this happens, this will happen. But my impression of players over the last five years I was involved, they like the clarity, they like the certainty in terms of what we're going to do. But underlining all those things have to be the key principles that we always espouse. Who are we representing? You know what are we doing it for? The heart, spirit, all the intangibles have to be at the heart of the performance, and all the hurt and disappointment that we've had for the last sixty years have to be the driving force in our performance all the time we go out because that's. 
that's what we're worried for. Like we're 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 not used to the, the to the to the to the you know to being rolled out as as the marquee kind of. So every time we go out, we have to be better than everyone in that particular department. And there, the, you know, the, the, I I often call it the ninety ten, like mm. you know, that ten mm. percent. You have to probably hit the ten out of ten mm. in terms of your tactics and that. But the ninety is the is the desire and the want, and maybe that's where I was coming from yesterday. Do you know mm. what? That I didn't get it off Skyler on. on Sunday, and I tip coming to Ennis, just I just went. God, like if that's not there, I don't. No matter how good the boys are on the line, yeah. you know that 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 wasn't. It didn't look to me as if it was the clear crowd as well. Didn't yeah. feedback off that. Is the format something to do with it that you're playing so many? You're playing the four games in 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 five four five weeks. Does that you know does does that impact on, on how you get up for these matches week after week? I suppose back in our day you were able to kind of park it for a couple of weeks and then you start again. Whereas like all of a sudden at come five o'clock or six o'clock on Sunday evening, all they, they were just talking about Limerick. So you kind of you move on very quickly without having to you know to feel the hurt or feel the pain of what just happened to us beforehand. Yeah, well that's what I was alluding to earlier on, maybe from last year that have people, but actually met an uncle of young Dermot Ryan's last night. Um, and he was did a bit of a party for a, a forty or whatever for his sister. He's like, don't ask me exactly now who, who was, but he was at it. And uh, he said, like, Dermot was home at half six and he watched the first part of the Sunday game, just being sociable around the party. And then he went away to bed. And like, you're just saying, like, it's, it's, it would, would they be better off sitting down with a pint, looking at each other, saying, that wasn't good enough, like... We we must go into Limerick next week, like tigers. Like yeah, but look if you if if you relay the difference between Cork's approach, the first game against Tipperary, that week of reflection, the week of absolute kind of probably open scrutiny, over scrutiny, you know, uh, debate, ill ill advised comments. So everyone has to put up with that. You know, Parig is probably putting it up with him for this morning on local radio. That's that's the nature of it. But it's how you actually harness that then, and how you kind of just what it fills you with. And if you can make that explode, and that's what Cork did the last day, and that's what Clare capable of. In terms of the point situation, yeah, and you know, I couldn't help but notice last year when Limerick won the All Ireland, they talked about openly afterwards that, you know, for for the games we said the round robin games they were having a couple of drinks afterwards, bit a bit of crack. Now it's easy to have a couple of drinks afterwards when you're winning a few games, but if you're losing, the debate sometimes can sour itself and can descend towards, hey, we need to do this, we need to be getting rid of B or C, or we need, you know, and that's what can happen as well. That can kind of fester as well. But again. Balance, I think, you know, balance. Yeah, I think that's where Jim Gavin possibly has it. You know, I've often met a Dublin footballer of a Sunday night and he's yeah. having a beer and I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. God, like, well, what, what, this was ruled like uh, outswitch. But, like, it's just, like, just, no, if you perform, choose the night. Mm-hmm. That's it. But if you think a point is going to affect you, and, that, and that's the way he works it. Well, that's absolutely. I think back in our day, I think that was kind of more the norm in the situation where you, you know, you after a game, you kind of reflected, you went out together, win or lose, and sometimes when you lost the game, you kind of you, you it gave you more, you had more time to kind of reflect, and you learned more from the games, like you know. But it's just probably the fact that the games are so close together. You know, that I think that you know the whole culture of playing into county hurling nowadays is that these guys, are, you know, they don't do it. It's kind of part for the whole summer. You might get an opportunity after the Munster final or the Leinster final to have a go because you've got a week or two off. Like you know, but I suppose the fact that you're out again next 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 weekend, 
you know, it takes a, a day or two to get it out of your system. But again, I suppose again, it's it's, it's a personal choice to, to the player himself, and I wouldn't certainly see any problem with it. Like if you if that's what you want to do, if that gets you over what's after happening for the, in the last couple of days, well, that's fine. Once you perform on the pitch and you're back ready to go on Monday night or Tuesday night, um, but so I think it's just I think the nature of the fact of maybe go back to Dublin and Jim Gavin that they don't have those matches Sunday after Sunday, it's a lot easier for him to kind of sit back to say, let's I'll see Tuesday, Wednesday night, we're not playing again for two or three weeks. Yeah, the one thing I will say is that despite the, the abject performances over the weekend, I don't think a fella should be embarrassed to go into his workplace on a Monday morning in terms as was alluded to. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get that whole thing. You know, in terms of, I still say it, and it might sound a bit player-focused, maybe I'm only out of the job and I'm still not in, in the, the revelling in a punditry role, if you like, but I still say that fellas went out with the I'd absolute... not going too bad. No, the, the absolute <laughs> best intentions is what I'm saying. And, you know, things go away for, for certain reasons. And, I, I you know, I accept all the, the scrutiny that goes with it, but I also would, would, would argue with anyone in terms of a fella, you know, is living it. And, you know, I, I'll just go back to the Waterford situation. And we have a number of teachers involved, Dublin-based. I would have done everything over the five years to try and get him a job in Waterford. You know, Philip Manny, Tyg, the Burke, Dara Five saying, can we fix up somewhere in Waterford? They loved the anonymity of going back to Dublin on, on, on this Monday after a game. They loved the whole idea of being going around Dublin, headphones on, cup of coffee, in around Dundrum, and they loved the lack of debate that went with being, you know, local, if you like, or being, we'd say, Dublin-based, if you like. And it's, you know, it's just it's something to bear in mind that these fellas are giving it everything. They're giving it everything they have. Clare fellas are, are as dejected as the water fellas this weekend. And it's something that, and it might sound a little bit, you know, I have the rootlessness to cut open, but it's something I feel strongly about as well. No, I'd say ten thousand percent they're on that. Like cause we've all been there, mm. I suppose, as players, and 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 then, like my first match as manager of Clare, Waterford beat us nineteen points, I think, and uh, I wouldn't be able to open the back door, never mind the front door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so oh yeah, just you, like, tell you know, what? <laughs> and it, it is like I mean we we and I, I suppose when we are in the punditry game, no, we we. We're inclined to talk a bit more, but I mean the pain, the real pain yeah. that you feel, and you know yourself after losing a big games or yeah. like it's it's just. That's why again, I think you. I think it's just a bit, it's just that bit different, and in, in, I suppose we have to kind of come to terms with it, like that. Those guys that would have played on Sunday, you know, like in our time, you'd you'd, you'd sit around and you'd be you'd be you'd be moping for for two or three days before you kind of you know felt the strength or felt the need to go back out again and and face the public and your friends and the family, whatever it is, about how if you had a bad couple of days. They don't have that chance. They don't have that opportunity now. Like, you know, Clare and Waterford have turned around, have to come and straight away. They're probably facing in from a clear point of view. You know, they're playing Limerick, who it's a huge game next uh, next Sunday for Limerick. If Limerick lose next Sunday, they're potentially they're out. What what an incentive for, for, for from a clear point of view that uh, you know that they could put Limerick out and they qualify themselves for the for the, uh, for, the for the you know for the knockout stages later on. So I just think it's the fact of coming to terms with this the kind of you got to move on very very quickly and we're not used to that in the GA from the point of view uh-huh. of we have our kind of couple of weeks and we built to get over and move on. You know? We didn't have podcasts and stuff no. like <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I, like I, 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 I'm going to go back again in time, like but uh, I got another man of the match there. Uh, I think we beat Cork and now with the... Did you get we, one? We don't go there for two. He kicked one past you, I think, today. He still claims two. He's left boot, like, you know. But uh, I got this sports star of the week thing anyway. But when was it on? Only the morning after the Munster final. One temporary bet was by 18 points. And how I got out of... My brother Martin, we got actually got a flight up through his company. And... Uh, Oh God! Like I, I not going. I says I not going. I not going. I'm not getting up. Get up. He says we're going. So he got me up. We're going. Yeah. And it was one of the old juries uh, in 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 Bosbridge. Bosbridge and yeah. 
who was there only the great Paul McGrath who had got it for some soccer match so we joined Paul for a few yeah. he used to pin and I tell you that <laughs> Paul was kind of as glad to meet us as well he was not feeling great I'd say the same one just goes to show there's always some bit of fun at the end of the day like. I think sports will are the same all, all around any sport you talk about like, sure, they love that opportunity you know? absolutely, absolutely. just to take it back to Watch Park there I suppose you were there like I would have said a fancied Limerick I suppose on that they would bounce and you know I don't know Waterford just against Tip after the after the the goal not after sending off so much but after the goal where the two boys went up together and broke mm. and I just said they hardly pick it up like um, but we didn't think it'd be 20 points yeah a complete capitulation really and uh, very hard to p- put your finger on it like in terms of um, and and again I, I say the populist or the easy opinion is to Point fingers, blame game. You know, I, I'll go back to my own first year in charge of Waterford, relegated from Division One A, beaten by Wexford in the Championship in Nolan Park. The general perception around, you know, I lost a couple of selectors at the end of that year, so I know what exactly what it's like at Porig is going through at the moment in terms of, you know, debate, conjecture, speculation. Um, the end of my first year, then we we omitted ten or eleven guys from the panel. And we went, we'd say, a different direction. And we got, you know, relatively good four years in terms of competitiveness out of it, albeit lots of dips and, tra- and peaks and troughs along the way. So, difficult scenario now for everybody. And, you know, it's, it's Porrick said afterwards there'll be soul searching, and there has to be soul searching. And the first point of any soul searching begins with yourself, and it will with Porrick. That's the reality of any manager. You know, I had some very difficult days. We played, played Leash, I remember my first year in the qualifier. Ken actually had his, they had a benefit match for Ken the night before. And I remember a guy came up to me at the match, he said, you know, at Ken's match, will you sign this? He said, before you're sacked tomorrow night, he says to me, you know. So, you know, and I just, I just, you know, I just remember going into those games with absolute, yeah, with absolute dread, you know, with absolute, actually, you know, and, and not really enjoying it then at that stage. So that's the difficulty now, the complete overreaction. That's not to say that you can't do your analysis on yourself, your own performance, the players the same. I know those fellas. They're, they're spirited fellas. They'll be. They'll be. No, they don't need to be told that they need to be held accountable. They'll be looking at themselves. They'll be saying, "Geez, I could have done A, B, or C." As the management will, and it's, it becomes an overall kind of review, and that's the normal process that anyone will find. We're in a similar situation this time last year, in that we were out of the championship, heading into a dead rubber game against Cork, and I was really, really proud of performance against Cork last year. My last game in charge was Bricks Championship winning appearance, if you like, and you know we Cork. On the ropes, we lost by two points. What I would see was a very, very depleted team. One of the of the remaining backs from from the six backs that played in the in the other, or from the eleven backs that played in the other final. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just you know, in fairness, and, and <laughs> but but look look look, to, you know, and that's the reality of it. The same way as everybody team is doing it, but they're guys in it a bit better, um, and and that's what's going to they're going to face. You know, I had local radio on the way up here this morning. They'll be looking for this, that, and everything. And the reality is, we just need to regroup. I don't agree with the analogies or comparisons with ourselves and Offaly, with respect to off with the greatest respect to Offaly, that if we're not careful, we'll go A, B, or C. I don't, I don't agree with that because we have a strong school structure in terms of. I know I'm at the cold face of myself inside our own school. We were in the hard deep semi final this year, beaten by Middleton, and and the Waterford minor team have actually despite being defeated, they performed really well in a couple of matches they played. So I don't think it's as doom and gloom as people think. Yeah, like. Just, yeah, you've answered a lot of what I was going to talk about. It, it, like, just how damaging, though, the second year in a row not being in the in the tree? 
Yeah, damaging, but maybe a bit of reality needed as well in terms of, you know, I'm not saying we haven't the players, but I just, you know, like only three teams can come out, right? So last year, last year Limerick, Cork and and uh, Clare came out. If you were to put, if you had a thousand euro in your pocket and you were to say who will come out this year, you'd probably say Timrick, Tip, Cork and Limerick will come out and Clare and Waterford will be left. So, right, we're the, we're, we're the one common denominator with, with, with last year. You ask yourself why, you say... You know, what is the transition from... Like, all I was hearing up to a few weeks ago is it's been seamless. Seamless. That was the word that was actually bandied around in, in advance of... Or, you know, in terms of the last few weeks, the transition from the league. And it had been seamless. So I think sometimes you need to look back before you look forward to what was going well in the league, what wasn't going well. And ultimately, sometimes, you know, in terms of the analysis that's done on the team, you know, how it's done, why it's done, why were the team performing so well, we'll say in the three or four years? Was it a hunger factor? Was it a kind of relationship factor? What was it? And, and the reasons why fellas were as, uh, to the forefront as, as they were. And, and look, the, I think the boys will all will all look at that. Jeremy made a brilliant point. It's the nature of the defeats. 13 points, 20 points, 19 points for, for Clare and Waterford. That's the most damaging in terms of being soul-destroying. But look, I'm not going to stamp on anyone's on, on anyone's grave. And I, I mean that with the greatest respect to everyone involved. I know them too well. I know there'll be that something good will come out of it if they just you know channel it in the right direction. Absolutely. And I wouldn't expect you to do that. And I, look at, I, I, I just... I suppose from 17, I would have expected maybe Waterford, you know, to possibly... Having a learn in the bag at this stage, do you know? And that's yeah. that's the re- that, that's the reason I'd be thrown out that. Yeah, day, and, and it's a fair question, and it's, it's part of. I'm sorry, you know, Jerry, I'm probably hogging it here, but it, it, even in the winter of 2017, before my last year, there would have been kind of almost perception. Look, you were a goal off it. You're so close. There's so much potential. There's so much young talent, and potential and talent are only distant relations to what's needed when it comes to a war zone. You know, yeah, as, you know, you know, they're they're dangerous talk, and sometimes that can permeate its way from the outside in as well. And you know, I know, I know, and Jerry's been uh, collect, or he's been involved with UCC over the years with great war for players himself. Oh, top class, and we, you know, I, 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 it was we've we've said it over a number of years, like the the admiration that, that I would have for some of the Waterford players that, that we would have had all through the all last number of years. Jamie Barron, Tom Devine, Ty De Borka, you know, serious serious players like Polly Manny, really great jumpers, really fantastic. Like you know, what I mean, so I, you know, I, I suppose I suppose the only point that I would make in the context of last Sunday was just I suppose certainly from watching it and you know if on the TV and it's very difficult when you're not there, but certainly the, like with a gale of wind and you know the puck outs and the scenario of playing. One or two inside, you know. You'd, I think you'd have to look at the situation where, um, and I said it early on, are they getting the most out of Austin Gleeson? For Austin Gleeson and Morris Shannon to be taken off at half time, you know, you, from the outside looking in, you'd have to say, you know, you're potentially hurled a year two years ago, you know. I said it during the year. I, I, I think he's lost up in the forward line. I think he's much better facing the ball. Uh, you know, not even to put him back centre back, but to, to take him off at half time. I think just, you know, the, the minute the, 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 it was announced on the, on the TV that he was gone off, I, I was saying, you know, you'd have to ask questions there. Why is what has happened in the interim that uh, you know a player like that, you know, is suffering from 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 lack of confidence or lack of form, whatever it is, whether you know, it, and that's you know, from the point of view, is a change of management, whatever it is, it just. It, Waterford can't afford to have a guy like Austin Gleeson, you know, sitting on the bench. Um, you know, like most teams, you go there. Some there's some players you don't take off. You kind of you find a place for them. And when you kind of situation, do you put them in full forward or, you know, I've been saying it all year. I prefer to see Tykes at full back and Morris centre back and build your spine up or uh, Austin centre back and build your spine up the team. So I just thought it was just kind of strange. And some of the ta- some of the tactics in the first half, playing with a with a with a gale of wind, you know, you'd have to question them. Yeah, and it's it's fair comment and. 
Do you know what? I think, I think, look, you go back to 15, 16. Austin played a wing back in the league final with Big Cork comprehensively. Paul got injured the same year, so we ended up with Austin at centre forward. I always feel Austin is what I call it, not a back to goal facing forward. If he's, he needs to be coming forward almost from that middle of, the, middle of midfield position. If he's going to be an extra midfielder, which he was for me for a long time, we just plank him in the middle of the field. If someone goes with him, we can just and hit just the ball into play. five and five. Yeah, yeah. But we leave him play from there. You know, that was debated again this year in terms of, of when he has a free role, just you know, give let's give him a defined role. Let's give him, a, you know, so then he has a sense of, you know, clarity and certainty as to what he's doing. And, you know, I think, again, that's probably too easy a, a debate to have. I would have been surrounded by the debate over Tyg at fullback and, and, and Austin at centre-back. I, I would still feel that Tyg is the best, whether it's a deep-line centre-back, whatever you like to call it, or as what they all call in the commentary, you know, stay-at-home centre-back, or he's sweeping up, but it's not a sweeper, he's sweeping up, you know. But anyway, um, I think we I'm getting... I'm get- <laughs> sorry, 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 can't remember. <laughs> or sitting in the pocket, and it was a new one I've heard, yeah. But anyway, look... Mind the D. Mind, mind the D, yeah. Porrick Ma- <laughs> Mar does it for 75 minutes last Sunday, but there's nothing about it. Um, but yeah, look, look, you're right, and, and it's it's just... It's it's hard to get involved in the debate around it, but look, it's it's the one thing I will say is that what was never asked, in my opinion, over the four or five years that I was involved, and people are saying, "Oh, young hurler of the year in Thai the first year," we say Austin Young hurler of the year, senior hurler of the year, record number of all stars, five finals, albeit I was worse than Klopp. I lost four of the five finals, uh, two monster finals, <laughs> two, a national league final, an all Ireland final, so five finals, three all Ireland semi finals, and you kind of say to yourself, "Jesus, what were you doing wrong?" But what was never asked was how, why. Why, why are, why is Brick, you know, playing as well as he is? Why is Austin playing as well as he is? Because we always felt we were a fairly proactive team, tactically, and that teams, people are wondering what we were going to do, and that was on the back of a realization that we needed to do it. And and sometimes you you come in from the outset, I'm going to change everything instead of saying maybe, hang on, we'll keep A, B, and C works. Let's tweak it, like anyone would do. If I if I had a different set of, of uh, forwards or a different set of players in front of me, you're going to go about it in different ways. I think that's. That's the key to any management, really. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's a fantastic analysis, to be honest with you. Uh, and I don't think there's a whole pile wrong in Waterford that can't be put right. Maybe maybe the whole Walsh Park thing went against mm. them in some ways. Mm. There was so much about it. Down after the league final at an old Renault gig, um, stuff in Desi Dwellen, and uh, like it was all the talk about was Walsh Park was nearly bigger than... How the team were playing, and you know, Watch Park's going to be looking. The field is never as good, and maybe somewhere that that took over from actual getting out do the business. You know, I suppose just to turn it a little bit, we we, we need to talk a small bit about the All Ireland champions, <laughs> who who have kicked back from losing to Cork and by winning by twenty yeah. points yeah. down in Watch Park or Clare won by. But all my sources there, I can't find out was he injured or what. But like it was, it was when you were watching, like you're saying, Jeannie Mac, like what, like. The Kylie make strong statements and say I have a panel and I'm going with this. Well, I think he was. I think he was brave. I think he. he, he I think he must have sat down and I presume they would have played. You know, we spoke. We spoke about two weeks ago with TJ. There, the, they had a they had a fortnight's break to get it right, and they would have played an A versus B match. And obviously, he would have looked at that and, you know, I suppose against uh, in Cork's performance against Limerick. Daniel Carney scored four points off off Dermot Burns. You know, which was uh, midfield was also very strong. I suppose Darrell Donovan wasn't in the game. 
still he made two brave calls. Like, you know, the fact that he, he made the changes, he brought in Paddy, brought in William O'Donoghue, and, uh, you know, it's... it's you know, when, when you're playing a round robin, like every game is, is very important. And uh, what, was, what was surprising for me is that he didn't bring Dermot Burns on in the second half of the game when the game, when he brought on the five subs, he wasn't part of his five subs he brought on. He didn't start, he didn't start Shane Dowling, you know, who's, who has been probably the one sub that's been hugely impressive every time he comes on. What an impact he made he didn't, him on. But he didn't start him. Again, like you would have said, an opportunity here, give Shane Dowling a chance in relation to if you were making changes, he probably would be the one guy that you'd be looking at to say, well, he, maybe he'll start against Waterford. So, uh, you know, it, I suppose they got their mojo back, Dilo, in the, in the context of the game. You know, I suppose they, um, you know, I was I was glad Waterford got the win. I said, yeah, we did put up a bit, you know, get five or six points ahead to last serious questions of Limerick. But I think, the, you know, I think the way the game, I think in fairness to, in fairness to Sean O'Donnell, there's a guy in, he's doing the video analysis with, with Limerick. He's been involved with teams for seven or eight years and, you know, the work that guys like him do is, is absolutely huge and, you know, he, and people talk about the setup and, you know, Limerick got this right. He would have, you know, the puck outs and he, the, he forced Waterford to go along and I think he would have got a lot, you know, I think he got, I, in my head, he, he deserves a lot of credit for where they set up last Sunday uh, and once, once Ganang got the goal, for some reason, it kind of, you knew then there was only going to be one result. But he's got to turn around very, very quickly, get ready for Clare. Uh, because as we spoke about, I think, again, it's the, the context of the competition. You move on very quickly. And the fact that they beat Waterford by 20 points will be forgotten about. They have to go to play Clare in, in Limerick on, on, on Sunday. And they have to win. And if they lose, yeah. If they, the if they lose, potentially, if Cork win, they're out. You know, so it's like it's it's uh, it's a very thin line. You know what I mean? And I suppose the fact they didn't get a huge challenge last Sunday, you know, you'll be saying, will that come back to come back to haunt him a bit? Uh, but I suppose you know the fact it's it's all on the line from next week. It's all, and so he's, he's again always got to make the he's got to make the brave calls. Does he stick with Paddy O'Loughlin? Does he stick with Will O'Donoghue? Does he go with the guys who are showing form? Does he bring does he bring Burns back? Does he bring O'Donovan back? But I suppose the benefit for his point of view that he's got 20 or 21 players there to pick from, all competitive, and uh, you would imagine that uh, you know the, the, this week will they will get a huge lift, you know, I suppose emotionally and mentally from beating Waterford, but like they're going into a battle, and you would imagine there will be a response from Clare. You would imagine, you know, they've, Clare's form again the last couple of weeks has been in their last three matches, they've lost two of them very heavily. So again, they can't be going in with huge confidence. And but again, what better, what better team to get Clare motivated than you know go up the road and go to Limerick and take on the All Ireland champions and potentially put them out. What What did you think, uh, Limerick? Just yeah. Well, first, uh, sometimes you don't wonder what you know because Friday night you're sitting at home waiting for the team selection. When you when you, when you don't see Dermot Burns, you don't see Dara Donovan. I kind of say to myself, "Geez, we've right chance here." Because you know the, the free taking of Burns alone, the long distance ability to, to score, and then Paddy O'Loughlin comes along and gets two points himself. I actually strange kind of feeling I, th- I have a feeling he might go back to Burns even for, for, for Sunday very impressed with him you know, I, I think their intensity levels were up I was reading Dennis Welch's article in the Sunday Times he said something about they, they try and get five tackles a minute if you like you know and had the, I think their tackle count was huge amongst amongst their forward line I'm very impressed with Kyle Hayes in terms of his work ethic that kind of Hayes Hegarty Morrissey approach where they're up and down the field hooking blocking chasing and still being able to score and still being able to you know I think Hegarty's a very very undervalued player underrated player maybe he's not as underrated now we say but in the last two years he's a huge skill set as well as being a powerful athlete if you like so very impressed with Limerick and I think the key thing ahead of the Limerick Clare game is that and I know you're there now opposite me but there's a general perception I think in Clare last year that if they had a beaten Galway 
that you know they, they would take Limerick in a final having beaten them in Cusick Park well last year I was down at the quarter final we were relegated in, in by Cork last year on the Monday Clare played Limerick in a, in a, in a league quarter final a brilliant game went to extra time well, actually went to, went to 65s and I always said to myself Jesus Clare have their, have their kind of number here in my own head watching I've said Jesus Clare seemed to know how to hurt Limerick and even the league game this year the draw on Ennis there was a nice bit of spikiness to the whole thing I thought on the line you know there was, there was a bit of there was a bit of kind of you know it was it was really up there in terms of intensity levels it was a snowy day if you remember it was a horrible day but I remember near the end of it Kylie and, and the normally kind of you know fairly fairly relaxed Kylie on the line there was a little bit of spikiness there near the end albeit they shook hands and I just felt that Limerick were maybe waiting for waiting perhaps to have a go at Clare and that, that was my sense of even John Kylie after the game last Sunday we have you reference last three games you know, clear of dished out, you know, whatever it was, ABC. So for me, it's a game that Limerick are targeting. Yeah, and I suppose, look, um, this is one we're all looking forward to, but I, I'd be a little bit fearful now. I'm not going to write in the column yet now because you put me off the last one there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I would have got, I was at that league game and all the matches were called off that day. And God, the edge in Cusick Park that day was just, oh. It's just yeah. the one day I missed hurling. Yeah. No, not that yeah. I'd be any, any use to anybody out in the field there with the, with the way they were banging off each other. But it was just, there was the old kind of clear Limerick yeah. stuff there. And I'd yeah, be fearful after the week maybe that they could be so ready for it now. Like, there's a big thing in me, my head does. Why wasn't it played last weekend? Do you know? Yeah. I'm not, no. Tip got the tough end of that last year with the four matches in a row. But like Tip have got a beautiful run this year, like whereas Clare and Limerick have three in a row now. Uh, and obviously I, I would have felt it was an awful opening to play that match last week. So when we'd only uh, Galway and Wexford in the Lee McCarthy so And even I suppose to look at it like it's for this is the second year in a row Cork and Waterford are playing in their last match. You know, surely they could have looked at you know, maybe rejigging the fixtures that the same thing doesn't happen again that uh, from that point of view as well. So but uh, it's it's intriguing because I think that you know it is only when you start looking looking into it that it, it's really on the line for Limerick. Clare, you know, have, will have the game against Cork no matter what happens. Uh, if they don't win on Sunday, they still can. If Cork win on Sunday, you know, they'll still have the game against Cork in a winner take all for that third position. Well, they'll want Limerick to be tipped. They'll want Limerick to be tipped yeah. potentially. Like, but tip like, true. Uh, tip or true. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. Uh, you know, I just think that there's more on the line for Limerick on Sunday. There is. Like, there is more. It's it's uh, it's it's mad. As it's well, a like, huge you know, like it's it's the like, I suppose their championship really really starts on Sunday. And I suppose just look, we've touched on that for next week, and that'll be you know I'm looking forward to being there and to get it going. Mm-hmm. Being there in. Good days and bad days, uh, more bad days than good days, I'd say. But uh, that that really will, and the clear crowd will travel, of course, because there's no travelling involved. It's nearly <laughs> as easy to get to the Kelly grounds as it is tennis, and certainly parking terms and all that. But I suppose looking at Leinster, and we, we better not leave out the lads over there because they're getting out to us, which is because it's boiling up something savage, like especially with the draw between Galway and Mexico. Like we have a massive one, like Galway. Where are Galway? Like I, I just. I, I got no sense of confidence from Galway in Salt Hill last yeah. week I have to say like I thought Wexford should have won the game I'd say, they're, I'd say they're not sure themselves I'd say you know current reports that they were in Carton House the weekend I think they're you know I think they're I think they're looking for a performance next against against Kilkenny you know Kilkenny here if all of a sudden you hear the positive vibes coming back you've got Killian Buckley back you've got James Marr back Joey Holden is back and all of a sudden 
those three guys coming back into the picture for them makes them really, really strong because they've given a chance to the guys that they when, when in their absence. So like I think I think Galway have it all to do on Sunday to go to, to go to Nolan Park to beat Kilkenny, and I think they'll be looking for a performance. I think they they will need, you know, in, in the in, in because if if they get a performance, they'll still have the game against Dublin mm. to fall back on to say, well, that's 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 the game. That's and that's potentially they may have Canning back for that. You know, he's he can't be too far off uh, getting involved. And you know, again, their their season's going to be on the line, even if they lose next Sunday when they go to Parnell Park. And I they'll, they'll be hoping to maybe get him involved in some shape or form. That if he's not, if he doesn't play next week, that he's very close to playing against Dublin. Well, I know, I know these local fortresses uh, uh, are not really working out the way we expected them to. But like Parnell Park, the last game isn't going to be too handy for him. No, no, I just have a, and again, it's not probably down to any statistical analysis. I just have a feeling there's a big performance coming from Galway. You know, if even if you put yourself in a management situation, you go away last weekend, as you're planning, you're like you're, you know, a huge motivation to be able to go into Nolan Park and get a victory, and then everything could take off, and then Canning comes back into the scene, Adrian too, he possibly comes back into the scene. You know, there's a couple of guys that have to come back, yet Joseph Cooney gets up to speed based on 55 minutes of last week. You know, last week, if say against Wexford, Johnny Glynn maybe starts the next day. You know, I think Galbert the one team that, in my opinion, are being kind of written out of the equation almost. But it, in my opinion, one one performance could act as a catalyst for them all of a sudden becoming the contenders we all thought they'd be at the start of the year. Yeah, it's, I, I, I just got the sense in Salt Hill without Joe that the, even the crowd were mm. kind of like mm. suspicious of what might happen, if you like, and maybe the wrong word to use, mm. but. Just there was no sense in the crowd of Galway, Galway. You know, yeah. Never, I think I the, you know. I think the leaders that they were looking for, the like the, the guys to stand up to, you know, in, instead of Joe, the likes of the Niall Burks and the Jason Flynn's. You know what I mean? You know, Johnny Dins only just back. You know, it, it's it. They haven't stood up to the level I think that people were expecting, and you know, I think they're just praying up there that Joe gets back quickly because I think that uh, I just worry that their form during the year has been has been flat enough. Like really, you know, maybe it might they they may be trying to peak and build it in that they might get out of Leinster and then start coming through and build it up. But like they know, they, like if they if 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 they win Sunday, it's huge. It's a huge lift for their season. But it really puts on, a, on a, it really makes a fantastic game on the on the sixteenth of June when they have to go to Parnell Park because that's you know that's that's on, that's on the line. I'd say Jor Michal would take the hand off you for third spot in Leinster now. I'd say he would. Yeah, he I'd would, say he would. would. I'd say he would. And be yeah. there and have the yeah. big ones come back and sure look. Um, I suppose the Dubs did the business against Carlow, so we 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 expected Wexford to do the business as well because it may come down to scoring difference there. So the Dubs winning by 12 was was a good victory for them. Absolutely. I think they would have said that before. They'd have been targeting that sort of number to win that sort of match. And, you know, Shane Barnett getting sent off, which I thought looked, it looked a very, very harsh decision on TV. I think the hurry was there, but I think the, it, it looked as if there was no intent. So I'd imagine John Costa will be appealing that to get him back for the for the next day. Um, he definitely get him off. Yeah, uh, well, I think his I, I think his there. record is quite good again, fellas. But I think he's I think that But I think he's I think Shane Barrett is very important in playing Galway because he's a big physical oh, wing back. Yeah. Will shoot. Will you know? He'll they need him to mark the the Johnny Lins and the Jason Flins of this world, and I think he'll be very important to them. But again, I think they're they're they've put themselves in a situation where the you know it's it's a whole match. They, you know they won't fear Galway, and you know obviously Galway are not. I suppose in their performances to date, having shown that sense of form, and they'd be hoping that uh, you know that they'll have a right chance. They would expect it to beat Carlo. You know, twelve points is, is I suppose if they beat Galway, I suppose scoring difference doesn't matter. 
That's it, like it's in there. Yeah, and, and Wexford on zero at the moment. It really does come down to, with all due respect to Carlo, what Wexford and how much damage they can inflict on Carlo, it could end up, you know, being a, a, the scoring difference could be a huge difference. And they're, not a, they're not a big scoring team, Wexford. Yet I thought, oh, maybe I'm over, overly no critical. I'm not being critical, but God, I thought when they let off the handbrake against mm-hmm. Galway a little bit, they yeah. absolutely took over the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sort of abandoned the seven guy back. Mm-hmm. They shoved up on them and they should have won. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they have the ability. If you go even to the league game, Kilkenny and Wexford this year, it was a huge gale down there. I went down there at Waterford playing Galway the same day. Just went down to watch the match. And again, they played with seven back in the first half. Then they kind of pushed on the pocket in particular, swarmed around the ball, but they were still able to free, free up Kevin Foley according as Kilkenny were building attacks. But they were still able, and that's what they did against in Salt Hill. They're, they're a kind of a team, if you go back to them when they've played, not weak or opposition, they played awfully in the championship last year. They're the kind of team that even playing with the seven they can hurt you unexpectedly. And that's what I, that's what I think will happen over the weekend. I think I think I think Wexford will rack a score. Yeah, sure. Look at uh, Pat Spillane tells us the football is better, but we're still hopeful we're <laughs> gonna get uh, we're building, we're building slowly. So guys, uh, thanks a million for listening out there. Uh, if you are listening, uh, you can listen to the podcast every week on iTunes and SoundCloud and SoundCloud and at the uh, Irish Examiner dot com podcast so uh thanks to Jar and Derek and uh, Larry uh, Larry very confident at the moment there with, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know but he, he's no confidence from the Arsenal team but he's very confident <laughs> with the Tipperary I'm being careful not to smile too much Taylor because you got about 25 years of motivation out of that last good guys Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.